The Minority Report on the run home. Yeah, it's one of my favourite parts of the week when we get to highlight a sport that may not get as much recognition uh, as some of the big four in New Zealand. Today we talk touch rugby, which is very relevant when we've just uh, been talking about it with Tamati Allison, Sean Johnson, of course, one of the greats to have played uh, the game in New Zealand and look at the pathway he's gone on to forge. It seems like every Kiwi kid at some stage in their life would have played touch, whether it was serious uh, or a bit of social touch as well. So we're joined by the Sport Operations Manager at Touch New Zealand, Grant Robertson. Grant, welcome into the show. Some name you've got. Yeah, thanks. Kirsty, uh, great to be here. Probably not the first time I've heard that, but um, we'll stay away from the <laughs> politics, shall we? <laughs> Let's stay away from the politics. Let's talk touch. It's one of the best games there is. I mean, everyone says, what a game. What are the official playing numbers in New Zealand? Like, like on, on the scale, where does touch sit? Um, so we, we sit around 100,000 participants in our module, which are our registered competitions around Aotearoa. So there's about 200 plus modules that run across Aotearoa all across the summer. Um, and we're just building back. We're just coming back up to sort of pre-COVID numbers. So yeah, about 100,000 um, at the moment from the last season. And that equates to about 60,000 juniors and around 40,000 adults to cover that off. Grant, obviously, uh, everyone, as Kirst mentioned, everyone's played uh, sort of touch when they were younger or, or still play a bit of social mixed uh, and what have you. What about the elite uh, the elite level of touch? Is, there, is that sort of getting bigger and bigger? Because I guess you imagine with the way the world's going, there's, there's no reason why it wouldn't be. Yeah, it's definitely um, growing in the developing nations and countries um, almost every year. So, probably most relevant at the World Cups every four years that we, we notice that. Um, but there's a lot of sort of major competitions that are starting to happen. Um, just had the European champs uh, over where you guys are not too long ago um, and a lot, of, a lot of teams in there. But um, I, the last World Cup, 2019, there was 28 countries were participating in that one. Um, about 120 teams across there. So really starting to grow and develop um, across the world stage now. That is massive when you talk about uh, participating nations. Grant, what's the relationship like between Touch New Zealand and the NRL or New Zealand Rugby? Um, so we're, I guess we're pretty complementary to all of the oval sport codes, you name some of the players um, before it's, we see it as a, as a real pathway. There's not, it's an amateur sport in New Zealand, so the pathways are sort of complementary into, um, you know, the rugby sevens, the, the New Zealand rugby pathway um, and the NRL and, you know, the women's NRL probably are taking a number now um, where we saw from rugby sevens and into that space. So, um, Touch Football Australia have a, have had a, a link with the NRL for I think probably going just around sort of eight or ten years now. They've um, really developed strong links there. We tend to feel at the moment that we're working, you know, collaboratively with rugby and league at the moment. Um, 
there was a touch premiership which sat under the NRL banner and there was a Warriors mm. team um, that we were in this was pre-COVID um, so it sort of shut down but COVID but there's word is out that that might be uh, building back up again so we're waiting to see um, about that. Absolutely brilliant Grant thank you so much for coming on the program that's the Minority Report this week it's never enough time so we'll have to get you back on we'll be back in just a moment. <laughs>